Welcome back, good folk, to another episode of Do Better Radio. This is your superb host, Sunnyside Sam, and I want to say thank you for tuning in. Before we get started on this episode, I want to let you know that we're going to be speaking on the issues regarding the protests and the riots that are going on today in America. For those of you who are listening within the country, I will let you know now. The views that are said here are in no way, shape, or form meant to offend everybody. It's not meant to offend anyone. I just want you all to know that we're just merely observing, speaking our minds as youth, as young uh, African-American youth here in the country of the U.S. Uh, for all of my foreign listeners, I thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm going to be very blunt. If you don't like what's being spoken about, feel free to skip this episode and move on to the next. If you feel like dealing with me after that, if not, you know, I just pray that you have a wonderful life and you do nothing but bring peace, tranquility, and better being to everyone around you. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce my two co-hosts today. I have with me Jen from Chai Radio. Hello. What's up? Jen's back. Jen is back. (laughs) And I'd like to also introduce Ace, who has decided to finally grace our podcast. Good morning, afternoon, and or evening. Yes, Bill (laughs) Common. All right, so today we want to just jump right into the topic. As of now, today in America, there have been several protests, peaceful protests, at first, of course, as you know, um, and they have evolved into riots. The riots starting, I believe it was Friday, was that May 28th, possibly 29th, I can't remember, 29th, I think it was 29th, point is, it was a Friday. And things started uh, being torn up, and the riots slash protests are being centered around the death of George Floyd, a young African American man who was a pillar in his community, very well respected by not only his peers, but people he didn't even know as well. But um, he was killed via suffocation with a knee in the back of his neck on the ground, being improperly detained and handled by Minneapolis Police Department. So, our uh, topic that we just want to jump into is um, how did we get this far with anger? How did we get this far with such frustration to burn down buildings and crashing windows and completely uproot the very infrastructure of our cities, our suburbs, and other places of the like? And a small disclaimer, we do happen to have a thunderstorm going on in the background. So if you hear loud noises, I apologize, but that is nature and I don't control that and I don't have my normal studio. So without further ado, my two esteemed guests, if you have input, please let us hear it. All right. Uh, do you want to go first, Ace? Or... Oh, no, I can never take, me, take this button going. <laughs> Bye. Nah, it's not let you go first. It's your first time on the radio. Oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> I'll go for it. All right, well, I'll just kind of piggyback on what my good man, Sonny Son Sam, was speaking on initially in regards to the George Floyd situation. Um, yeah, everything he said is, is facts. 
you know, he was improperly handled by the police officer and he ended up dying because of it. Uh, what really kind of strikes, or I say like what was a, a pretty good strike on the gong, I guess, to kind of initiate how we've gotten this far is that Floyd was, uh, you know, screaming he couldn't breathe in those last moments, which kind of, how would you say, not necessarily reflects, but it makes you think about the previous incident uh, within the years. Oh, I feel really terrible for not remembering his name. Is it Philando Castro? Yes, Philando Castro. Oh, thank God I did not forget his name. Thank you. But yeah, it was the same situation. And so, the, you know, it's something that's happening and still hasn't been addressed. It's not being fixed. And therefore, people have come to speak out on it. And here we are. Mm. Yeah, I, I think honestly everyone's just tired. Like especially in the black community. I'm gonna say for myself included, I I'm just tired. Like we've been if you're a millennial, you basically been seeing this since you were And now we're in our like mid late in the early, in, and early 30s like mid to late we're in mid 20s early 30s and we're still seeing this we're still dealing with this our grandparents dealt with this like come on now I think everyone's just tired it doesn't make sense bro. it really doesn't for this for how long 400 plus now plus like and not 400 and 400 plus now <laughs> To this day. <laughs> that being said, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us in the, I can't even say African American, in the black community, we've seen things, well, stereotypical. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the quote unquote stereotypes, or at least I was supposed to be one of the stereotypes, but luckily I had excellent mentors, teachers, and people who just wanted to see me win in life. Um, I had people teach me life skills. I didn't learn how to tie a tie until I was 15, by the way. And I got that from wonderful, wonderful influences who gave me my first job. And I'm not going to tell you all that because then I'd be giving this thing giveaway. Um, <laughs> but I was lucky enough to be able to I'm educated. I was lucky enough to be able to go to university. And then when I was at university, not learn only in class, but learn from different types of people, people from different areas all over the world. I can't just say just all over the U.S., but all over the world. Because everyone has a different view on different things. And it's a beautiful thing that we're allowed to be able to hear that. But I'm saying all of that to say this. I'm going to pick it back off of Jen. We are tired. Um, and I don't know... I, I can't really speak for everyone, but everyone that I've talked to who has mentioned this issue, mind you, I don't mention the issue first because I care more about your mental state first than social subjects. But everyone who I've spoken to, black, white, Asian, Latino, it doesn't matter. Uh, East Indian, I'm sorry, Indian is Asian. Middle Eastern, 
My apologies. All right, I'm back. Uh, power went out just now, so that's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't expect it going to be this bad, and yet here we are. But as I was speaking, uh, we're very tired, and it's not just us in the black community. Everyone is tired. Doesn't matter your race, really your age. Everyone's tired. It's like it's not a physical sense of tired. It's a mental and a spiritual more so, simply because why is there so much conflict in the U.S. over treating people better? That being said, there's so much that hasn't been spoken, you know, behind the closed doors. There are a lot of people who are right now finding out they don't want to be a part of that family. There are a lot of people right now who are finding out that they've offered so much and yet it's still not enough. There are a lot of people right now who are so grateful to be able to live in a time like this because there has never been anything like this. Come on, think about it. You had a pandemic. You know, then you have a mass slew of peaceful protests and then you got riots. And mind you, on top of that, we then have an election for our primaries that is going on as we speak. Um, I hope you guys voted. All of that. It, it weighs on the mind. It weighs on the body. It weighs on the soul. It weighs on the spirit. People are tired simply because the air is charged. It's full of tension. And people have been trapped in that house for three months. A majority of people don't go outside. If you're not a quote-unquote essential personnel, then you're staying in the house. There's nothing you can fix about that. And because of that, you're angry because I can't go down the street and go get a caramel frappe or a frappuccino. A caramel frappe would be nice. You know, you can't go and eat dinner with your family at a nice restaurant. You can't do basketball on the court because they've taken all the court uh, hoops down. There's so much going on. My power just came back on. No, that's ironic. I thought oh my God. Out. <laughs> it just like fades away oh, kind yeah. of thing. Like, yo, y'all gotta chill on this topic. Jeez, man. You know, at this rate, I don't even know if we'll be able to record because of this. Hey, if anything, we can talk so we can give us an idea. Of exactly. We are still going to talk it out. We can throw this up as a non-official episode. We can throw it up as just talking between friends. You know, I'm going to drop a knuckle as far It's leaning. Huh? That tree is leaning. Right? Don't look at it. <laughs> but no, man, it's... It is hard out here. I can't even say, you know, it's just hard for black people because don't get me wrong, it is. We always, we've always known that being black ourselves, we already know it's hard. It's even harder now for everybody, <laughs> for everybody, because now everybody's on, you know, standing on the nice edge. They're standing in the middle of the frozen lake. They're standing, you know, they're walking on the broken eggshells. I'm sorry, walking on eggshells. The eggshells break, then that's injuries. They're walking on the unbroken eggshells. But with that being said, you know, the most we can do right now is to just educate each other, love on each other, share a meal with each other. And there are some people's minds who you just can't change. But really, it's not about changing the mind. It's just setting an ordinance 
for what needs to be done. I don't know if you guys pay attention uh, to other countries as far as their policing tactics, but if you notice, over in England, um, and I would love any of the listeners to correct me if I'm wrong, but over in England, um, most of the UK really, Japan, I don't know about China because no one ever knows anything about China. You know, Taiwan, Malaysia, Philippines. If you really think about it, their officers don't really get firearms. If you're on a normal patrol, if you're just out and about, you don't get a sidearm. You get a nightclub, you get pepper spray, you get a taser, but at most, you don't really get a firearm. Simply because I should have to call someone in to put somebody down because they're hurting that many people. You know, a simple, you know, a couple tasers, that's putting somebody down. You know, granted, of course you have a soup. I don't know. I don't know. I do <laughs> some videos. I, I do have seen the videos. Now, granted, I feel like if you're going to, uh, if you're responding to a call in which somebody says, hey, he's not going down with the taser, that's when you bring in, you know, you bring in the guy with the guns. Because I don't care if you can bench 600, because six shots will put you 600. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just think there needs to be a regulation as far as who's able to carry a firearm in their line of duty. Well, I'm sure you know a lot of the readers already know this, but you know to to make a claim that there should be a ch- or not even a change, but at least like. Addressing the gun issue in this country, at least, good old America, you know, that's a conversation that a lot of people not even necessarily don't want to hear, but that's a conversation that people are ready to counter. And more than likely, they're going to counter with guns. That's so true. So, to even make the claim that, well, I'm not going to say make the claim because he didn't say that. I won't put words into the mind. But to say that it's an issue is one thing. Um, to go about it, I think it would take either years or, you know, uh, what else seems to work? So tough. Right. Right. I feel like a riot against gun violence would just be a, a very yeah, that'll be a bloodbath. Yeah, it'd be the purge, but in one night. That wouldn't even be the purge. Genocide. Be like potential genocide. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be genocide on each other. <laughs> so it'd be exactly. It's like you can't. Yeah. So what, what would that be called? What is that called? Genocide on your own people. Self. Yeah. No, Oh, it's just like, yeah. Love, man. Uh, like, genocide, genocide, but it doesn't need an owner. No, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It doesn't need an owner. It just needs to be. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use that code. It doesn't need what it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't think uh, personally, and I'm definitely no, in no way, shape, or form. Educated in the 
further than a high school and some college degree level. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be something that gets resolved anytime soon. Honestly, I don't think this country is ready for a reform. Because that means you should have the uproot millions of Americans. The sense of, let's, let's give a hypothetical, right? Let's say there's a law passed, no more concealed, I mean, no more open carry anywhere in the U.S. Now, mind you, that isn't that bad. Of course, people are going to fight it. But if they fight it, it's like, look, all right, since you want to open carry in the U.S., you get a year in jail. You do anything that's big, wild, you know, 25 life. And that means taking lives. You're taking lives in, pub- in the public setting that's 25 life. Instant. Um, what else? Uh, that's addressing open carry. Let's say you want to address concealed carry. Concealed carry can only be for uh, law enforcement, uh, people's like FBI, DA, who else? Any of those other special agent folk? Um, I wouldn't give it to police. Huh? I wouldn't give it to police. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like that's only for special people, special places. When you have to be called in for a violent matter, you know, or everyone can't have a gun, only one person in a squad car can have a gun. You know, something like that. I don't know. I, I don't. What I'm saying doesn't make sense right now. But you know, if you can have proper policing without guns in other countries with a much lower gun violence rate and murder rate, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, it make it makes sense somewhere. It does make sense, but yeah. But let's say you outlaw public uh, public carry at all. That means no open carry and no concealed carry. So that means guns can only be kept in the home. So that means anybody catching a gun, a gun charge for uh, murder. That means you had intent to murder. Can't even say it was for protection. It's intent to murder because that means you were leaving your house willingly with the gun. You're not going for a circumstance such as hunting for big game. That'd be deer, bear, goose, etc. You're leaving the house with a firearm. For the reason, you know, if for anything other than that reason, then you know it's intent to harm. You know, you put it as that charge, and that could be ten to fifteen. And something like that would take the nation by storm because some people really don't know how to go anywhere without that gun. But you have so many people behind bars simply because they just don't care. And granted, it wouldn't be a stop and frisk situation. It'd be all right if you pop off. You know you popped off. We ran the uh, what is what is it called when they run the traces of gunpowder and lead? I'm not necessarily sure. Ballistics. We ran a ballistics report. We're gonna have to have you come in and make a statement. All this matches up with firearms. Okay, now we gotta book you. You see what I'm saying here? Things like that that can be properly processed. And play very, very integral parts in shaping how we deal with violence and crime in America. That's just my thing on it. I like the way you explained it. You know, you really make it sound simple. And I mean that as a compliment, you know, someone. 
anyone can understand how you kind of explain the rundown of it all. Um, well, almost anyone. I feel like the only types of people that couldn't understand this are the types of people that would be fighting against, you know, what he did fight. But uh, you also mentioned, what is it, hunting game? How do you think that would go about, you know, as far as uh, people wanting to use their guns, having to go out specifically for hunting? Well, um, here in the state that I'm in, they have certain regions uh, and hunting areas that are designated. So it'll probably be, you know, anywhere between a five acre. No, I'm sorry. That's that's wrong. Anywhere between a 10 and 25 acre lot. So um, I don't know if you've seen 10 and 25 acres, but it's fairly, fairly big. Um, a lot more than the average backyard in America. That being said, uh, all of this forestry and land is just open game. I mean, anyone can get it. You know, for lack of a better term, like Obamacare. So... <laughs> Um, with that, uh, you'd have to, I'd say it'd probably be a bit more cumbersome if you're, you know, taking that firearm out. That means you'd have to check in and say, Hey, I'm going to go hunting. This is the area that I'm going to go do it with. This is the time that I'm leaving my house. Give me a call when I'm going to go do it. Give me a call when I'm returning to my house. Uh, feel free to stamp my gun, do a ballistics check before and after I do whatever I need do whatever it is I need to do that way I'm registered in the system you know something to just keep track of what's going on something to make sure where somebody was in case an incident happens because if an incident happens we have record of you being out of the house with your firearm so, something like that I don't know um, I like that I like that you know like a, like a call center you know you call let them know my, uh, you know, my ID number is X Y Z. You know, I'm going to the this hunting grounds. Their uh, their ground number is X Y Z. You know, I'll be there in X amount of time. That way, if any trouble happens, you know, if you just get pulled over, you got receipts, and we all know receipts. Always you keep your receipts because receipts are alibis. I don't care who you are, what your race, what your age, what your gender, you know, what your orientation. Keep your receipts because your receipts are alibis in everything you do. Yeah. yeah. And you have proof of where you were going, what you were doing. Because like Sunnyside Sam said before, well, that's a lot of a But like you mentioned, you can get caught up and if the if the law is if you have your gun out, you clearly had the intention to do something wrong with it. You can prove that you had no wrong intention. Because you have the receipts of the calls, you know, you can hit up Jody from GunSafe and he can relay the information to the officer. And you don't got to get locked up because you just wanted to go hunting. However, I feel like that's a lot of bureaucracy. I feel like that's a lot of work. And the average person that goes hunting is not going to want to do all of that. You know, that is a huge difference between, you know, putting on your camo vest, camo hat, getting your, uh, your chewing tobacco ready, grabbing your rifle and a couple shells, hopping in your pickup truck, and then going down to the woods. 
you can make an app out of it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a lot of extra work, but it can happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. I'm making an app. That's it. You know, making an app. It's like, all right, I'm about to leave the house. Let me go ahead and do my check-in. Let me pick my hunting spot on the app. Uh, once I do my check-in, as I'm leaving the house, I get there, show them my phone. They scan my QR code. Then I'm entering the grounds. Uh, once I exit, scan my QR code. Then I'm leaving the grounds. Get back. Do my location check-in. Let that be that. I don't know. Of course, there could be a big problem with that as far as location spoofing. But, um... Not everybody does that. Maybe after hearing this, years down the line, if they ever do implement a policy, you know, like that, people might start location spoofing. But that could be one way to handle it. Just, just making an app. And if you don't want to do an app, you could just do it old fashioned. Bring your papers with you and then turn them into the gate. Stamp the game when you come out the gate. There we go simple as that. The same way you got your fishing license, where you got a gun stamp. Exactly. You can meet it with the park rangers if you're there. Boom, boom. Yeah. Yep. Because the way you were going about it before sounded real <laughs> Silicon Valley. And I'll tell you one thing, but don't nobody in Kentucky know what Silicon Valley is. Mm. Kentucky is Kentucky. At least it ain't Missouri. No, no offense to anybody in Kentucky or Missouri. It's just y'all do things differently. Than folks in Silicon Valley, it's a lot slower way of life. It's very refreshing. And by all means, I hope my words hold no weight. We have no ill will. No ill will. You know, we just like to eat and enjoy life. Yes, sir. So, um, one of the issues that I—it's uh, not even an issue, really. I just want to hear you guys' speculation. Um, really, how how did things get to this point and where are we going from here because me personally I think the only reason that things got out of hand uh, of course we had the death of young Miss Rihanna Taylor she was an EMT a first responder if I'm correct if I'm not somebody fact checking uh, after that we had Ahmaud Aubrey who was and gunned down well shot gunned down by two men one in the back of the pickup truck one on the ground uh, and our third or should I say camelback breaker the straw that broke the camel's back is the death of George Floyd who died of uh, suffocation in Minneapolis I don't think that people are necessarily mad about the deaths themselves of course the deaths are upsetting but it's in the manner in which they were handled because in all of these deaths it took mass movements it took a huge slew of videos it took the entire nation to know and call out multiple entities and political bodies out and handling prosecution of all of these people who committed these murders so of course, everyone is expressing the uh, anger and the vast, the righteous energy of, I can't really do anything while being black. And in the case of Breonna Taylor, um, her in particular, in her own home, shot dead, uh, was not given, you know, there's no warning, there's no amicable conversation, it's just, let's bust in and get to going. So the problem is, 
nobody wants to take the responsibility for taking that life and that's what the problem is people are tired of seeing irresponsibility let's say you have a child right you tell your child your job is to you know and mind you this child is six seven years old your job is to make sure that the kitchen table stays clean all right make sure the kitchen table stays clean so you got a trail of ants on the kitchen table you kill the ants you wipe them off not a big deal you're doing your job as a child your job is to keep the kitchen table clean that means also protecting the kitchen table not scratching it not dirtying it up not going out of your way to make sure that it doesn't act a certain way or it doesn't do anything wrong let's say you grab a knife out of a drawer or some type of whittling uh, tool, a file, and you notice that one of the corners of the table just isn't the way that you want. It's not as sharp as you want it. So you file it down. Mind you, the job is to protect the table. Make sure the table doesn't get dirty. Make sure nothing happens to the table. So you're filing this not-so-sharp corner and making it sharp. And you keep doing that. Now you have four really sharp corners on the table. When you keep following it, there's also a bunch of set, uh, what is it, sawdust or sand that's on top of the table and on the floor. And the table's a wreck because you've completely ruined the finish. You know, um, the vinyl stripped off because it's not, you know, pure wood, but you got the vinyl stripped off. Finish is gone. And then you got a bunch of disgusting table bits sticking out on four corners of the table. Parents come home and they look at this table. What did you do to this table? Why did you do this? I told you protect it, not to mutilate it. Not to mutilate it. Not to destroy it. Your punishment is no video games for a week. Your punishment is you can't protect the table anymore. Your punishment is you now have to fix the table or buy a new table. But you can't fix a dead life you can't buy it and I'm saying all of that to say this when you protect the people like you protect the people you don't go out of your way to mold the people in the image that you want to see you don't go out of your way to get rid of the bits that you don't like which is the corners that aren't as sharp as you want them or in this case George Floyd Maude Aubrey Orlando Castillo, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor. The list goes on. It's about doing your job and doing your job correctly with minimal casualties, minimal problems, keeping people safe. That's the job. If you know you have the power to keep someone alive, even if you have to keep them in prison, that's your job. And that's that's just what it is. In no way, shape, or form do you ever have to think, hmm, that's just up and off somebody. It's not what you do. You protect them. And that's what I personally believe that people are mad about. These people weren't given a punishment who committed I'm going to come out and say it. These murders, it's over-policing. 
I can't even call it policing because nobody was protected in this matter. They were just put down. There was no proper punishment. Imagine raising a child and you let them run amok all day long. And it's fine in the house. But when they finally go to school at four years old and they're used to beating on their sibling or beating on the pet and they beat on another person's child and that child has an injury that they can't get back, like taking scissors to a child's eye, now you got a lawsuit. And now that school has to pay for that lawsuit because that's improper management of a child. So the nation has to pay for that death. That's uh, I'm equating. I'm not saying that I'm promoting you know violence or riots or anything like that. What I'm saying is this is being seen all over the country. All 50 states have riots, protests, you know, have some form of hard reaction to what's been going on. I just think people are tired of poor policing. And they're also tired of being trapped for like three months. So, yeah, that's that's just me. I wanted to hear. I know that was a lot. And I definitely talked a long time. I just. Yeah. But what do you guys got? How do you think we got here? Uh. Honestly, like I say, I think we got here. I would say it originally started. Um, Trump during the Obama campaign and all the killings during that time. And now we're here. Trayvon Martin and Trump during Obama's campaign. Yeah, you know what? Jen has a point. He's got a really good point. Um, If you go back to the, the first... I'm not going to say the first major, you know, African-American death because this is nothing new. You know, Emmett Till. But um, it was definitely the, I think the death of Trayvon Martin that really kind of sparked a new, a new way of addressing the problem because, you know, now we've got social media. Now we've got you know, an easier way for everyone else to become aware of what's going on. You know, 2013, Black Lives Matter happened. That's been going on for quite some time. Because, you know, all these people are now able to collectively understand what's going on. And I'm not saying this is the the major reason that kind of sparked how we got here, because it was definitely a collection of things. But oppression is definitely one of them. Or maybe oppression isn't the the right term. I don't want to blatantly say racism. Not because I'm afraid to say racism, but I feel like there's a better way to explain it. Hateful racism. Hateful racism, there we go. There's a big difference between racism and hateful racism. Big difference. Because racism is a prejudice. Yep. It's a prejudice, it's a hard prejudice. Hateful racism is acting on that prejudice. They're acting on that mental matter. And that can be anywhere from, you know, the small actions that you do when you accept money at a gas pump, or you're going to get gas and when you hand money in someone's hand and they place your money in the counter while looking you dead in your eyes. Mind you, the way I was raised, anytime somebody hands you something 
in your hand, you give it back to them in their hand. That's common courtesy. And that's the way everyone around me has been raised. If I'm, if it's done differently, please shoot us an email here at dobetterradio at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at sunnysidesamofficial.com. But that, you know, it's 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 common courtesy. It can be anywhere from that all the way to gunning down people just because. But they mean it. Just Go on. No, no, no. I agree with it. You, you really you really nailed down. That was a really good description. That's the word I was looking for. But that's that's kind of one of the things that it's boiled down to because it's something that's been happening for so long. And it's not just that it's been happening, it's been happening and majority of the the murderers have been let go free or let go with very little damage to them. You know? And so like Sunnyside Sam mentioned it was the fact that these men weren't instantly charged with murder you know it, it had to linger on for a bit for the, the situation to be like well not for the situation for, for people to be like oh wait no this is wrong it took a minute and the question is why did it take a minute you know why did we have to do all of this why are we fighting so hard to be not gunned down, to be not held to the point of asphyxiation. And and look at our history. It's tiring. We are definitely in times. But I will say, keep your mentality up, though. Yeah. You know, don't, don't take us talking and sitting around this virtual table as you know, grumpy old men. We're young guys. We have fun. We like to eat. We like to dance with our friends. We like to watch really bad shows. We like to watch Midnight Gospel on Netflix. Wonderful show. Shameless Blood. Yeah. Shameless Blood. No, you know, free promotion. Free promotion. Yeah. But I want you guys, everyone listening. You know, outside of us, of course. I want you guys to, like, sit down and think, in this dark time, what are some of the things that we're grateful for? You know, and of course, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I'm grateful I have a job, and I'm grateful for my family, but as a person, what are the small things that you truly enjoy? What are some of the things where, if you go missing without them in the day, if you have them every day or you go missing without them for the week if you have it once a week how would you feel about it what are some of the things that you're grateful for and to go further beyond that what are some of the experiences that you're even grateful for and the reason I say that is because a lot of us go through a lot of hard things a lot of hard things that shape who we are as a person and how we view the world there are a lot of experiences that in the moment we're going to hate any and everything around us but years down the line some of those experiences we can look back and say I'm grateful that that happened because it made me a stronger person for who I am today and I can take that experience and I can relay that to not only my peers but other people who are up and coming in the world so that they can handle that situation differently because 
here on Do Better Radio, I don't believe in telling you what to do. I merely can give you experience on how I've lived, and you can take that information and do with it what you will. The only thing that I ever wish for anyone who ever listens to this podcast is I hope that you have the attitude that you want to make the next person who comes after you. I hope that you make their job a bit easier for them. Not because you have to, but because you want to. That's it. That's the list. That's all I got. That's all I got. I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. Also, just like I'm just getting this out there. And for all my people, for non-people of color, basically anyone that's not black, please, for the love of everything, please stop saying the N word. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. If you're saying it and you're you're behind your closed doors, I can't tell you what to do, but. When you're around the black friends, your African American friends, your Dominican friends, who try to claim that they're not black, they're, they're um, Dominican. That was big shade. Um, I need to. <laughs> I definitely need to cut that out, but I'm probably not going to. <laughs> Please, guys, don't say it around us. As cool as you are, as much as we gone, you know, as we've gone through together as friends, buddies, comrades, cohorts. Don't say it around us. Because, you know, we seldom use it amongst ourselves. However, when someone else uses that who is not of us, that certain thing, I, I, I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for me. It just does not feel right. It's one of those, I mean, I'm going to stop in my tracks and, hey, wait a minute, what did you just say? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. Like your boss calling you out in the meeting in front of everyone at the board meeting. It's like, oh, dude, really? You want to go there? So, guys, don't don't do that. Please. I can't control what you do behind closed doors, but I can ask you kindly. Please don't say that. Not around us. Please. Please. It's almost the end of that topic. I know what you really want to say. <laughs> I know what you really want to say, but I'm I'm gonna be very amicable here. I'm gonna be very. You know the song, bro. You know the song. So I'm gonna say it. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> Ace, you got anything you want to add before? Um, because I'm done. I think I said everything I need to say. Yeah, I was here for the ride. I know uh, earlier before I mentioned Belendo Castells and he couldn't breathe. Uh, I was wrong. That was Gary Garner. I was thinking about that for a while. Uh, it's quite all right. It's quite all right. You corrected yourself. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to send me a message saying, nah, you were wrong about this, that, and the third. Right. And I'm okay with that because, guys, I want you to know, Sunnyside Sam has absolutely no issues submitting to knowledge at all. I would rather you correct me so I can learn so I don't make a fool out of myself. I have no issue with claiming that I was wrong. You know, granted, when I was younger, you know, and this might be a maturity thing. When I was younger, I would have an issue with doing that. You know, it's like, nah, I'm going to prove my point no matter whatever it takes. Nah, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Let me know if I'm wrong. 
shoot me a DM, send me an email, send me a postcard. Good luck with that, because as far as I know, none of you have my address. <laughs> yeah, just let me know. If I'm wrong, let me know I'm wrong. And, you know, this is an open invitation. Anybody who does, you know, who does want to speak on the topic, want to speak on the subject of what's been going on here in America, please feel free, you know, to let me know. Contact me. Uh, like I said, at Do Better Radio. No, Do Better Radio at gmail.com and DM me on Instagram at Sunnyside Sam Official. And, you know, this is an open invitation that I'm saying. If you want to be on the show, let me know. I have no issue with you being on the show because I want to hear your opinion so we can actually speak like civil human beings. We're all not children. We're adults. And for the children that are listening, um, if, if you want to be on the show, I, I guess. I don't know. I got to see Anchor's policy on that. But, yeah. Feel free to join us. Feel free to talk it up, chop it up. We have no issue. We want everyone to be heard and we all just want to do better. He said the name of the podcast and the podcast. Do better radio. Better radio. Yeah, I think I'm good. Follow my man Jen over on Chai Radio. Yeah. Um, when are you dropping your episode, man? Uh, honestly, I, I'm, I'm gonna just slide, I'm, I might redo it. I'm gonna redo it. You redo it? Yeah, I'm gonna redo it. But redo it because I kind of want a different kind of vibe to it. So, Ooh. guys, let you know the vibe was originally the music and just like you know, let the music play and a little bit here and there. Well, we're gonna switch it up in and out of that. So we're still gonna do that, but this like first episode is more of just like a very relaxing, like chill kind of just like we're gonna talk about some stuff, but we're gonna talk about some stuff in a way of like explaining to you who I am, what the show will kind of be about. Plus, what kind of music you're gonna hear and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Good for luck. All right, I right, bang with that. Um, Ace, what you got for us, man? I'm just here for the ride, bro. It's just me. I start, I, bang with I like that. that. I like that. I'm with that one. I want to. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, like I said, follow my man Jen over on Chai Radios. C H A I I Radio. Yep. Is that correct? Exactly. All one word or is there a space between Chai and Radio? All together. Okay, cool. All right. Money. Wonderful. Yeah, follow Jen. Um, we appreciate Ace being here. Guys, um, take everything that I've said with a grain of salt. You know, I'm not anybody important. I bleed red just like you do. At the very end of the day, we are all born and we all die. We all eat and we all take dumps. <laughs> and we all heal. You know, granted, um, you know, there isn't like any extraneous conditions regarding the health. But when you peel the skin away, it's literally just a bunch of muscles, nerves, bones, and really weird looking synopsis in the brain. No, synapsis? That's how that's pronounced. And that's synopsis. Synapsis. My apologies. So, uh, if there's no further ado, this is Sunnyside Sam signing off. And I'd like to say thank you for doing better. <laughs> <laughs>